Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is the Rooted Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Panetta. And as always, I got to say it, we're downtown in Salem, Oregon today. And got someone in studio with me today, staring at me across the table. Cam, which I'll introduce him in a second. But before I do, I uh, just want to say uh, we're happy to be doing this podcast. We've been doing it for, for a couple of years now. Um, it's part of our Leadership Institute, the Groundwork Leadership Institute here in town. And we started doing uh, these episodes and, and, and you know created this podcast because we just wanted a way to share um, some of the thought that you know we come across uh, as an institute we want to be a house of knowledge and we want to share that and we want it to want to spread it and we were just thinking in our community you know like our leaders that we have that they can they can share uh, things with one another in their circles and it was just really meant to be something that was here for Salem but our podcast interestingly is kind of spread you know far and wide and reach people all over um, and so it's kind of fun to see how it's grown uh, but here we are, and we're just talking about leadership, impact, seeing people. We talk about all sorts of things. I mean, look through all of our, our episodes, and there's plenty of titles that might um, tickle your fancy. So uh, I invite you to do that. So returning listeners, thank you for returning. And any new listeners, I uh, hope you enjoy today. And I hope you can go and find some other episodes that, that you find interesting and, and get some 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 new ideas and, and a fresh perspective. But with that, we're going to get into today. Cam Brown, welcome, my friend. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Cam Brown uh, is, uh, he he works with us here, a contractor. He's a video, what, I, I always forget the term. Yeah, it's, there's no right answer. Okay. Videographer. Videographer. Filmmaker, camera guy. Filmmaker, camera guy. Yeah. I say the video guy. Yeah. But you've told me that's kind of derogatory. <laughs> different people have their preferred <laughs> i would just go videographer videographer yeah. okay uh which is just a huge skill set in today's world i mean everything now in 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 the media businesses are driven creatively i think i mean it's such an important component to the business world and to to our world in general so and cam does amazing work um i'll let him share kind of his outlets he's you know, the reason I, I wanted him on the show today, and, and please, Cam, I'll, I'll give you time mm-hmm. in a second to introduce yourself, but uh, I always tease him, but he's got he's got a pretty good following. I mean, you know, I got, I think, two or three followers <laughs> on social media, so uh, not a lot. Um, Cam's got quite a few, um, and he does amazing work. So uh, people, people, how's this feel, Cam? People wake up in the morning wondering, what's Cam Brown going to post today that's too much i mean that's, that's too much there's people out there that are thinking that man maybe. a few thousand maybe maybe okay? just you so don't be don't be modest when you introduce yourself share with us because that's what we're going to talk about yeah. today we're going to talk about the online community the virtual community that you've created and how that has an interplay into leadership and to building community in our organizations and building community in our actual community we're going to talk about leadership so it's all going to have to do with your life and your experience doing what you're doing because we're going to make connections. So introduce yourself. Tell, yep. tell us about who you are and what you do and and how you fa- how you found success. Yeah. So um, again, my name is Cam Brown. Um, I have been f- filmmaking since I was a little kid. My dad brought out uh, you know the camcorder when I was. I don't know, four or five. And then it had been in my life for 
up until like 13 and then I took that over and um, used that same camcorder that all my home videos were made and I made my own little short films. Um, graduated high school and within a couple months found out that college and normal jobs were not for me. So uh, I just started on the road of, of freelance filmmaking and, and photography and a little graphic design. And uh, along the way, somehow, have been lucky enough to kind of stumble upon um, a little online community for myself. Um, and then, you know, I've cultivated that and grown that um, organically. And, um, yeah, it's something I not, – not the numbers is not what I'm passionate about, but the actual community is actually something I am, am passionate about and think about quite often and how I can use that and what it means to me. So, uh, yeah. Awesome. And how long, how long have you been doing it? Um, full time, probably seven or eight years. Okay. Um, and, um, from day one of being a full-time filmmaker, I have been growing on social media Yeah, and doing that. So yeah, same, same thing. Any formal training here? Like you didn't go to school for it. So it's just all self-taught. I, I went to I went to community college for like a semester and took um, like a basic video production course. But I would say almost 100% of the stuff I know is like just trial and error, watching YouTube videos mm-hmm. and um, just trying to get better every single project. Because yeah. I would say video production is not something that um, is something where if you put the time in, you're going to get better at it. It has to be something you have to be very intentional about mm. in terms of like really it's analyzing an your art. work. Yeah. 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 It's an art. It doesn't come easy. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I admire really good creative video work and it's probably the storyteller in me. I love to tell stories. Um, you know, I tell them with my mouth, <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, but I love I love a good story, so I've always admired it. And as you know, one of my close friends, Tay, uh, still amazing videographer, and and uh, um, I, I I learned to love just this that art, um, you know, through seeing some of his stuff. So, uh, and your 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 stuff is really incredible as well. So is your photography. So I don't know if I've seen a lot of the the graphic design. Yeah, I kind of gave up on that a, a while ago. All right. Yeah. I I guess I would say that's why I am um, so passionate about the community and what I do is because, you know, I I admire kind of what you do is people are attracted to your words. You speak and you tell stories and people are just naturally gravitated towards you and in, in, in your words where I'm very I've I'm someone who has always had a hard time with that where. I can't really get out what I mean. I feel like when I when I speak, people um, maybe don't take me as serious as I I want, or I can't really get across what mm. what I want to. And it's only through like what I've learned through filmmaking I can actually like take the time, put in what I actually mean, my own thoughts into this work, put it out there, and then yeah. people can like respond to that. So yeah. I think that's why I'm so passionate about about that stuff yeah spoken like a like a true artist man i mean you know uh, any artist i know no matter the the medium they're using that are very talented say say very similar things yeah so uh, awesome well i mean let's talk a little bit more about uh about your community mm-hmm. that uh you said you stumbled across 
I mean, tell us about that community. Get throw us some numbers. I know you're not about the numbers, oh, but it gives people an idea sure. of of the community that that uh, you know. Yeah. Um, so this these numbers have been growing since. So it's taken a long time, but yeah. um, on Instagram, I have over twenty thousand people uh-huh. follow me. Um, YouTube over over ten, and then. Um, I just started TikTok uh, a few months ago, and that's currently over 11,000. Wow. And that's kind of what I've actually surprisingly had the most success on, which I did not expect because I just kind of started as like throwing stuff up there. Yeah. Um, And it's kind of like what I've connected with the best. And and I feel like when you say TikTok, you get an image of like, I don't know. People doing a silly dance or something. People doing a silly dance, really cringy stuff. But I found it as like just another great platform to put videos on and I can kind of make it whatever I want it to be. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Why don't you, uh, read to the group, the number of followers I have on Instagram. 70 strong followers. 70 strong. Read the amount of posts. Zero posts. Zero posts. (laughs) I don't even, I don't even know why I have that. I think it was created for some purpose. And so I, I say that because a couple of things I, like when I see, when I see someone that has thousands of followers, I'm always like kind of in awe, like, wow, like, how do you, you know, how do you do that? You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, I think it's really cool. Um, and, and I want to talk about a few things, community, building community, but another thing that's also really important to, to us at a, as a leadership institute is understanding leadership and leadership doesn't exist without followers. Yeah. And I love that in social media, that's what we actually call them is followers. You know, we don't, we don't say that in the organizational world, like, Oh, what's your name? Oh, my name's Cam. I'm uh, you know, I'm uh, the, the CEO of the YMCA or the bank here or whatever. Great. How many followers do you have there? Right. <laughs> like we don't, that's not language that we use. But that's just the truth is that leadership doesn't exist without followers. You can have management and people that are beneath you, you're right, that, that report to you officially, structurally, but leadership requires followers. And social media, it's it's the it's the true test. I mean, people will only follow you if they have if they want to follow you. Yeah. If you have a story to share, if they are, there's something that has drawn them to to following you. So social media is obviously very different than the real world, but the concepts are very inter interrelated. So I want to explore that. Yeah, I think it's really important to like set, I guess, the ground table or the the groundwork plan there words go. there there on, on how I feel about it because it is easy to say like, oh, someone has a lot of followers. It's it's just easy to quantify that as like a number. Yeah. Where I really intentionally think about it as like this is just like a lot of people who are attracted to what I'm putting out there and they mm-hmm. believe kind of similar things they value similar things that i do and then like what can i do with that for like helping people who are good um like that's truly how i feel about it um i i feel like i have kind of built this um community or group of people that really care about telling a story or really they care about um honesty and work Uh and um and then with that, I just try to like, you know, um, I grew up v- pretty, pretty poor and like camera gear is very expensive. Yeah. Um, and so in the, in the filmmaking world, 
there's a lot of people on, on social media who, you know, you, you'll see they're behind the scenes and it's, I mean, tens of thousands of dollars. And then you see what kind of work they put out and it's, it can be quickly discouraging on like, yeah. I'll never become a Hollywood director because I don't have that. And so for me, that was unattainable. Um, and so like very early in my career, I was forced to use like $800 cameras and, um, and, and, and my goal is to, is to one day direct feature films. And so like, I, I didn't give myself an option to just say, Oh, I don't have a lot of gear, so I can't make the work I want to. So I would say the theme of all my social media is teaching um, young filmmakers how to make like industry standard work that really impacts people with not much. So I think that's how I've gained what I've gained. Yeah. Do you know the story of uh, the Wright brothers? Tell me. First flight, first to fly? Yeah. I mean the basics, but Yeah. yeah. Do you know who their competitor was at the time? No. So Langley, mm-hmm. right? I can't remember his name. What's his first name? Let me Google it. Langley, like like Langley Airfield. I mean, yeah. it's named after him. Yeah. Samuel, Samuel Langley. So Wright Brothers, very much like you. They were they were bicycle bicycle shop owners, right? Like they they didn't have any resources, like nothing. Um, and then Langley, he had like government funding, all sorts of funding, full on team of people, like best equipment, state of the art. And uh, and the Wright brothers beat beat him to flight, right? The first to fly, and they didn't have any of that. So there's a lot of power there. But and you you might ask why? Like why did they win the race to fly versus the uh, uh, Langley didn't when he had all the better stuff? But the the te- the true tell was that after the Wright brothers discovered flight, Langley quit. Mm-hmm. Right. I did know that. Yeah. Yeah. He just quit. You knew that story? Yeah. Yeah, so it's a very similar thing that you're saying here is is there's gonna there's obviously an advantage to some of the the sweet bells and Of whistles. course, yeah, of course. But uh but obviously there's more to it than that. And the reason why you're doing it is deeper, right? There's a purpose that's driving you. Um and what you can create um can certainly surpass someone with ten times the amount of equipment because your your heart's there right so yeah. why, why you're doing it mm-hmm. yeah i just know that what i just know what filmmaking has done for me is give me you know somewhat of a voice and some and a lot more confidence when i even first started out i was very shy had mm-hmm. a lot of social anxiety and what? it was only you're shy yeah <laughs> even a lot more back I say then that, too uh, i say that facetiously listeners <laughs> cam cam can be a shy guy yeah it, it was it was bad when I first started too. And it was only like when I was on set and people would, you know, compliment me or, or give me a little bit more respect because yeah. I had a camera in my hand or they've seen my work. I just know what that has done for me. And like, I am very passionate about trying to give that, yeah, I don't know, gift or power or, or tool to, mm-hmm. to other people. So tell us, Tell us what your handles are, because I'm sure there's people that are listening right now. They're like, wait, let's check this dude's workout. Yeah. Um, my handle is cam24fps. Um, 24 frames per second is is the frame rate that you film at if you want something to look good. So All right. It's a play on that. Cam24fps. Yep. 
All right. And then you can find all of your outlets there. Yep. All right. Cool. Well, while you're all looking that up right now, we'll keep the conversation going. Um, so I, I want to, this, I love what you're, what you're saying here. Okay. Everything that you're, you're saying into kind of why you do it and what your bat, where your passion is, which I think is very important in building a community, right? Like if you didn't really care about it in that way, community wouldn't have been built over time. Um, and then it correlates directly to leadership and having followers. I mean, that's really something to think about. Leadership does not exist without followers. And on social media, that is the literal truth. Like nobody, you won't exist without followers. Like you'll be putting out content and they will tell you the, 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 what do they call it? Analytics. The analytics will tell you quickly if people care about what you sure. have to say or what you are putting out or not. Um, clearly people, um, care about what you put out. Um, so tell us about more about that of building community and generating followers, even though I know you don't see them as followers, but some of them, most of them, you probably don't actually know personally. Um, but tell us about what it, what you've learned about building a community and how you've developed and, and gathered so many, so many followers. And then we'll try to make connections to what that means for a leader running an organization right now, or somebody in the community, their, their physical community right now that's trying to, to make an impact. Yeah. I don't, I don't exactly know. And hopefully you can tell me how this would relate to like a, a more of a business setting, um, or more of like a corporate world setting. But for me, I never set out to become a leader or set out to have people, you know, mm-hmm. care about what I say I or, or set out to have people follow me, I guess. Um, I was just putting out the best work I could do, doing the best job I could. And, and um, I guess just being honest with with social media on, on who I was. I wasn't trying to be boastful or, um, say like, look at me, look at me, look at what such a good job I am. Um, on, on my social media, if you look at it, it's very evident that, you know, I'm, I'm forthright with like my struggles and, um, you know, the kind of gear that I'm, I'm using and on just how shoestring of budgets I'm working on. And then, um, I'm very open about the subject matter that my films, um, are about as far as, um, I don't know. I'm, I would say I'm just, I'm just trying to be honest with uh-huh. the people that are now following with me. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how that would translate to business, but. Oh, in a lot of ways. I mean, that's, that's authenticity, mm-hmm. right? You're being authentic. I, I would say that, well, a couple of things, it's not bad, you know, for leaders out there, it's not bad if a leader wants to influence other people and, and be a leader and, you know, uh, but I would say that a lot of great leaders, especially the authentic ones, they're not seeking after, I got to have this whole, I got to have all these people that, you know, are looking to me as a leader. Like they don't think about the their world that way, I would yeah. say. And I've, and I've had the privilege of meeting many different types of leaders, you know, working and running this leadership institute, right? Great leaders aren't thinking about, you know, how many followers they're going to have tomorrow and, uh, uh, and look at me. I'm so amazing. Right. Uh, those, those leaders sometimes get some followers and they get some, a little bit of quote unquote fame we'll say, but I've seen that it can end up pretty empty. Um, people will see right through it eventually. 
see the inauthenticity. So everything that you're saying, I think, correlates directly. You know, as leaders, um, it's interesting. It's an interesting paradox. We want to influence and, and we want to lead, but if that can't be your only, that can't be your focus. Right. Your focus has got to be on the audience, on being helpful, right? On being true to yourself. All the things that you've mentioned. Um, yeah, and I would say that to to go on what I said. Um, it's not that like when people will interact with me on social media or whatever, like I immediately go towards like, Oh, woe is me. Like I don't have much. And this is like, it's more of, so I just want to like help empower people like this. Mm -hmm. This is what, this is how I made what I did. Yeah. And like, this is the result. And here are the answers on how you can do the same thing and, and you can empower and grow as well. Yeah. I mean, that's leadership. Yeah, that's leadership is, is I want to help you grow, be empowered, right? Find your own answers, see that what you have, you can work with and have an impact. I mean, that's, that's leadership. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, uh, um, I mean, that's influence. So uh, again, which is why I love the connection to social media, because people that have many followers, they're called influencers. (laughs) So I think that it's a, it's just uh, fun because it's the the literal term, the meaning, the you, the words that we use to talk about leadership, followers, and and influence and things. I mean, it's literally what the the world and social media uses. Um, so yeah, direct direct connection. Uh, so talk a little bit more about building community. I mean, you said you stumbled across the community. Was there a a sort of? I mean, I guess what sort of people are into your what you're putting out. I mean, you know, I'm sure that they're, or are they all different? I mean, have you ever kind of investigated what types of people, you know, follow your stuff? And I mean, what, what community would you say that that is that you stumbled across? Mm -hmm. Were you thinking that that would happen? I would say that it's, it's mainly filmmakers, of course, that are following me. Um, some photographers and in that group, I would say it's people that are either like a novice just starting out or like have ambitions like me of, of, you know, joining the big leagues, but aren't there quite yet. Um, and so I think that, you know, maybe at first I did like when I had zero followers, I was like, Oh, I want to be a big time. I don't know. have a lot of followers or whatnot, but yeah, I would say over time I've, uh, I've just valued having like a little bit smaller relative to the, a lot of people community and like just, you know, been a part of that community, talked with them, cultivated that and, and, and gone forward with them. Do you feel a bit of responsibility? I mean, you have, you have, you know, I'll, I'll, I say it jokingly, but you have, you know, 20,000 you said over 20 on on instagram i think like overall it's like 40 or so combined over everything all right well so you got 40 let's say you got 40,000 yeah people just on the edge of their seat every day (laughs) what is cam brown gonna do today i mean i'm i'm exaggerating but do you feel a a sense of responsibility because you know I'll, i'll give this as a backdrop the media has changed over the last decade Media now is in the hands of anybody, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so stories are being told left and right. P- 
people are using the influence that they have access to to influence hundreds and thousands of other people. There's all sorts of polarization going on. Um, the world of social media is so different than the real world. Uh, people can do and be whatever they want to be. They can People will say things that they would never say in person. I mean, all sorts of impacts, and I'm kind of highlighting negative ones, right, of social media. But do you feel a sense of responsibility that, that you know, there's, there's people following you, right? Just like if I show up to, an, if I'm a leader of an organization that has a 200 people, sure, I have a sense of responsibility to all, all those individuals. You know, I'm, I'm not going to be able to know all of them personally, let's say, every day or respond to their individual needs. But, I mean, how do you see beyond the number that, oh, that's follower, you know, 352. I, I know, I'm just making things up. But beyond their, just, they're just a, a, an, an analytic, you know, how do you, what's that responsibility that you feel? I guess I, I guess I don't, haven't thought about the responsibility too much. I would say I am very cautious when certain brands reach out to me and want to promote, you know, through me and mm. have me use their products. I do feel a responsibility to, um, you know, not take a deal if I don't believe in it. Mm -hmm. So I'd say that's the main part where I feel responsible. Um, other than that, I think I do feel a little bit of weight towards because I have built this community on showing people what is possible with you know, starting from ground zero, I do feel a little bit of weight to keep continuing in my career. Cause I, I do have like goals that if you hear them might feel a little bit unrealistic. I'm very aware of that. Um, but I do want to keep continuing to show people that like, you don't just have to be a regional guy making, you know, commercials for a local, I don't know you can reach past what, what you think is possible. Um, and then the other part of responsibility is I think that I, in my personal work, in my short films and, um, you know, more serious YouTube videos and stuff, um, the content of the, those videos and the subject matter, um, is something that like I really am intentional about. So, um, I found like over the past few years, um, uh, mental health and, and, and advocating for that and showing, um, real stories and exploring, um, what it's like for people who struggle with mental health is something that a lot of my, um, content and films are around. And I think that that's probably one of the best ways that I've used my following is, is telling these stories, um, and hopefully helping people who are going through something like that or um, spreading awareness or, or what, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, you certainly answered the question about um, responsibility. You know, like you have, you have your kind of your code of, uh, of ethics, if you will, things that you care about, um, you know, things that... Uh, that aren't gonna that, that aren't gonna change for you, which I think is really important um, in leadership. It's important in building community as well that people know people know who who's leading them, right? That's when that authenticity comes into play. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's tons tons of uh, 
of connections here. Um, you know, my mind is my mind's spinning. One one of one of the things that I'm that I'm thinking about that I kind of want to take a tangent on is sort of related, but it's what you're talking what you're talking about with your your ambitions, your goals. You said some of them are unreal, are you know, might mm-hmm. seem unrealistic. Um, you know, I would I would push back, right? I would say that uh, that bad goals are too realistic, right? Like, why set a goal that you know you're going to accomplish? I mean, you know, if it's like, oh yeah, that's that I'm going to get that next month. I, I mean, look, there's there's a benefit to 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 that, but we don't want to set goals that we know how are possible and how exactly to accomplish. Otherwise, it doesn't push us. Right. It's not worth going after. Right. So. I'm just pushing back a little bit to say that unrealistic goals. I know we use that term a lot, unrealistic goals, but I think some of those are the makings of of obviously the best goals, and it's because we've allowed ourselves to think about what our potential is. And um, I think this has to do with why you have a, a following, why you have a community, because leaders that are able to do that, to transcend what they what might seem possible people want to follow people want to be a part of that right because everybody wants that a little bit and i'm going to get a little psychological here with us everybody wants a little bit of that everybody likes that feeling um of potential that they have and so if i'm seeing someone cam who's accomplishing it it motivates me a little bit that's the whole concept behind motivations why people like to listen to tony robbins and and other really successful people because there's a part of them that wants that believes that they can do that as well so so all of that said is what's well, something we talk about within our leadership institute and you you might be aware of this because you've seen so much of our content but we talk a lot about potential we talk about the gap between potential and the reality mm-hmm. right so you talk about your unrealistic goals. That would be the potential that you have, okay? And then there's the reality. It's how you are today, right? Now, how how big is that gap between the potential and the reality today? For most of us, it's probably pretty big. Pretty big, yeah. Right? I mean, the things that I have identified in, in my potential to where I am today, it's like, a, it's like the Grand Canyon sometimes it feels like, the gap between that. But to just define it as a big big deal i mean there's two fears that i think we face in 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 this process of of this gap the first one is is that we have to be really clear about about what our potential is the fear is when i do that i'm also having to admit and acknowledge what failure to that means you know what i mean yeah so you think about what that big unrealistic goal is there's an opposite to it which is failure right and most people don't even set those goals because they don't want to have to fail Right, right. Because it's scary to fail. It's scary to I to be honest with myself of saying, "Wow, there's a there's an opposite to that huge success, and it's a huge failure." So if I maybe I just don't define what my what that goal is totally, so it stays blurry, and and I never have to know if I missed missed it or not. Right. I think a lot of us do that. I find myself doing that often, but I would say most people do that. <laughs> they just live in mediocrity because uh, they're too afraid to see what they're too afraid to fail. Right. Right. Afraid of failure. And then they start to rename. I say this all the time. They start to rename, rename mediocre things as success to be okay with the way that things are for them. And that's, that's sad. Right. And and I'm speaking from my own experience. It's sad when I've done that in my own life. So that's the first fear. The second fear is 
Well, once I've identified what my potential is and I've actually faced the fear of that there's an opposite to it, now I have to deal with all of the the external forces that I can't control. Other people, right? Sickness, illness, other things that happen, family challenges, financial challenges, things that are not always in my control. Those become barriers. And then more importantly, I become my biggest barrier, which means my own emotions, my own apathy, my own arrogance, my own panic, my own whatever it is gets in the way of that. And that's the other fear is how do I overcome these external forces and the internal forces? So we, we talk a lot about this in the Institute because to me, leaders work consistently to bridge that gap and they consistently face their fears. Um, and you've talked a little bit about how doing the work that you do has helped you kind of encounter those fears a little bit, but tell us a little bit more about it. I mean, what fears do you see when you say that I have some, some would say is unrealistic goals? What fears, what fears lie ahead there? Yeah. I mean, you, I, you stole the words out of, out of my brain is, is one, I'm sure you've seen it working with me. I am a self-sabotager to the max and it's something that i've had to deal with ever since i started working in a professional environment um and so that's i'm very afraid of that is because naturally um for some reason i just self-sabotage and like will just settle for less than than what i think i'm capable of and and um so i'm, I'm afraid of that and then something and hopefully you can you can tell me is sometimes I struggle with knowing if my unrealistic goal is um, is realistic and I guess I want to know uh, from your point of view because at the leadership you guys are trying to do something very lofty as well as is transforming the community mm-hmm. which in my eyes kind of sounds like a lot of work maybe not I mean, I don't know if I've ever heard of it being done to the level you guys are are actively working towards. And I guess from your point of view, as someone who's like kind of spearheading that somewhat, like, is there self-doubt in, in your mind is like, is this actually possible? Or are we kind of like being a little too lofty here? And then how do you combat that self-doubt and keep continuing and and inspiring yourself and the team? Yeah, that's a good uh, question. Um, I did want to ask you about, you said the self-sabotage. Yeah. Why do you think you do that? I mean, I think a lot of people can relate, so why, yeah, why do you think you do that? It's uh, this year, the only, the only it's something I struggle with. Um, this year I got diagnosed with ADHD, which like completely made my entire life make sense. So maybe it's something to do with that. Um, it, it's just literally always been a part of me since I was a little kid is I was the worst student. Um, I'll just procrastinate on everything. Um, I'm only, I'm someone who is hyper focused on what I'm focused on, but I have a lot of trouble, um, directing my focus and attention to things that I'm like, so, so about, um, and so on one hand, that's allowed me to get, you know, pretty decent at video um, relative like to the amount of time I've, I've put into it. 
because I am just so focused on it. I'm thinking about it constantly about every little detail. I'm analyzing where I could have gone wrong, bringing those lessons to the next project. Um, but it is a big problem in a, in a work environment when you're dealing with other people and deadlines and commitments. Mm -hmm. Um, it's something that I, I don't have the answers to yet. And it's something that I have to battle. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I am not a psychiatrist. (laughs) I am a psychologist. Uh, um, you know, finished, uh, I know lots of listeners know this because I've talked a little bit about it, but finished the coursework and, and everything for the PhD and in, in, in psychology. So I think about this all the time, this, these sort of things. So yeah. it intrigues me. So with that little background, um, you know, it's really interesting is, uh, well, a couple things. And I think I've probably shared this on a previous episode. I was sitting next to another psychologist who actually practiced clinically. This was several years ago. I don't remember where I was. I could have been at a conference or church for all I know. I have no idea. But I'm sitting next to this guy, and we're, the topic of psychology and the brain was being discussed amongst the group, and I'm just sitting next to him. And um, he, uh, he leans over. And, and he's been practicing psychology and clinical work forever. And he leans over and he's like, did you know that there's so much that we can't control with our minds? Like, there's so much. But then he said, but if we knew how much we could actually control, like, none of us would believe it. Like, he's like, you'd get up and walk out of the room right now if you knew how much you actually were in, you had control of your mind. So I'm always thinking about that, right? There's so many things that we can't control. Um emotionally, if I slap you in the face, you're going to have an emotional reaction like right away. But that reaction, I don't remember the exact time, but it only lasts split of a second. And then Cam's in control of what he chooses next. And, uh, but a lot of, a lot of us don't realize that, you know? And then, so I want to, I mentioned that. And then, uh, I want to mention, um, 101 of, and I know this, I'm a, I know this much about clinical work. 101, I would say at least of good clinical work, um, is, is this, is that you help the patient overcome the challenge that besets them, right? So if, uh, you know, whatever, the, whatever it is, right, if it's somebody that has PTSD, someone has anxiety, somebody has whatever the, the, the challenge that they're, they're bringing to the, to the, the clinician with that they've been suffering through good good clinical work is not to ignore it and run away from it it's actually to face it head on right it goes back to what we were talking about with potential facing the fears right just coping with things and 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 running running away from them those never work right the best way to overcome um, uh, and I would say some, you know, best, the best clinicians out there would agree that you have to face it. And there's all sorts of ways that they do that, you know, clinically thera- therapy wise that help people do that, deal with the different traumas and challenges that they've had. Um, but that also amazes me. So those two things, th- those two thoughts of, of this guy that I was sitting next to once where he said, you know, there's so much that we have control over that we would just wouldn't believe it mixed with facing what besets us, um, is why I asked the question of 
you know, why do you do that? Why do you have the self-sabotage, right? And um, as you were talking, I hear the same thing that I say. I hear some of the same things that I say to myself and that I've heard from other leaders, no matter what challenge it is that they're facing, which is, um, I would, I guess I would, I would try to encourage and empower you that you, you can do more than, than you think you can. Obviously you're setting goals that some might say are unrealistic and, and the little things along the way, like you said, sometimes you can't, you have a hard time focusing on the things that you're kind of so-so about, right? Like those are just adding to the potential that you have, right? So it's, it's part of the process that you have to go through to become this best version of yourself. Like you have to become the sort of person that can accomplish the mundane with as much zeal as you do with the things you're really passionate about. Like in order to accomplish that unrealistic goal, like you have to be, you have to be able to, to overcome the self-sabotage, right? right? Yeah. It seems like, you know, if I would guess, it seems like if you are ever going to get towards your goal and if you ever need, if you find yourself in that position one day, you're going to need to be the person who addressed the self-sabotage stuff and whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, shortcomings that anyone else has to get to their goals. It seems like you need to take care of those before you get there. Well, that, yeah, that's a, that's a way of looking at it. And what I'm thinking of is it's like you, you need, you need that self-sabotage. We'll call it hurdle in your, in your life in order to become that. So it's like you, you need it. Right. So, so it's something that can actually become very beneficial to you. Right. And, and if you see it that way, then you see it as an opportunity every time to, to overcome, to improve because it's connected now to the potential that you have. So, um, that, uh, that was just a thought that I had, but I also think it connects to what you asked about the the difference between realistic and unrealistic is, and I, I actually think there's a direct connection because you asked me, you know, here in our community, we have a pretty realistic goal, unrealistic, excuse me, you know, transforming our community. Like, mm-hmm. what does that even mean? Right. And, and how on earth is that possible? Like how on earth can a community transcend the transaction that most people live day to day and become a transformational community? Like I don't, I don't know exactly how that can happen, but I do believe that it's possible. And I believe it's possible because of what we were just talking about. We can call it challenges, hurdles, barriers, suffering that's in the way. I believe that the way that we address those things determines the outcome that we experience, right? So the way that you address the self-sabotage is going to directly impact your ability to achieve those goals or not that you Mm -hmm. have. The way that we address the transaction and the, the resistance or the, the barriers to it's not possible, whatever the case is in our community are the reasons why this community can, can undergo a transformation. Um, so I think that the, that the, the, the difference between, um, what the difference between unrealistic and realistic is, is, is the ability to face the, those barriers, um, between us and whatever the, the desired outcome is. And like anybody would, anybody that would tell you that's really into goal setting or, 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 or purpose, um, you, you know, purpose driven sort of individuals is whatever you're saying 
it shouldn't actually be attainable. It should push you so that you're always moving towards it, right? Yeah. Like whatever it is that you see as your potential should be something that's almost never attainable because you're always striving after it. It's never attainable, but it also is attainable, right? Yeah. Like you accomplish it, you, you fulfill it, but while you're fulfilling it, you realize, well, there's actually more than I thought, right? There's an elevated potential. So it's kind of this, you know, it's this constant journey of progression and growth, which personally I think is one of the purposes of our existence is to be, to learn and to grow. I mean, we do that since we're, since we're babies. Um, and uh, it's what all of us work for every, every day is some sort of progression and growth. You know, hearing, hearing you talk about kind of you guys trying to transform the community, I, I kind of thought of another correlation that is between, between you and me and, so in in my world, probably our good looks. Probably our good looks. <laughs> Me a little elevated. <laughs> uh, um, so in my world, um, in content creation, in in trying to like be somewhat of a figure in the filmmaking space or photography space, um, there's trends, and there's way there's popular ways that people do things to get attention. Bad or good, it's not really for me to decide, and probably both, but. Um, so I have a, I have a choice of, of following those trends or kind of being actually who I am and, and doing the things that I care about and yeah. seeing what that does. Yeah. Um, so I have like a guaranteed path or more likely path and then a, a honest path. Mm-hmm. And then for you is, this is something that I first kind of discovered about you is because when I first got introduced to, to your leadership organization. I I feel like naturally I'm a skeptic and I was like, uh, like these guys is before I knew you. I was like, these guys are like probably just another leadership organization and maybe a little corporate. And this is a big goal. So I, I don't even know if I believe in this. And then I got to know you and I was like, Oh, the people in the office are like some of the best people I've ever met. And then Chris is like, another great person someone one of the best person that people have ever met and isn't full of full of it and so I guess I just want to hear your thoughts on like your intentionality on being on being like that because I feel like there is a way that you could have gone about everything on being like very don't know um you just could have been like a very trendy way on on some of these other motivational platforms that people use you could have Mm -hmm. been like that but instead like I feel like you're very honest and you're very like just who you are and I see on a daily basis on all these sessions people are like very drawn to that and I think that's why people buy into the to the platform that you guys are yeah are rolling out well Thanks for for some of those compliments. I think the people that I work with are not the great. No, <laughs> people I work with are great. Um, yeah, that's a really. Is that re- something that you think about? Yeah, well, absolutely. I not like I'm not always consciously thinking about don't follow the trends, but sure. but I I certainly. While I'm not thinking about that exactly, I'm I'm thinking about what I believe really matters, right? 
Um, and so it, it's what we talk, started with before of, of we're telling a story, right? It's about the story that that you're trying to tell. And so the story that we're trying to tell at Groundwork is a story that I think most people want in their life. They want change at a transformational level. They want to see a better community. They want to see a better version of themselves. They want to see a better or better organizations. And while I don't have all the answers to that, as an institute, we certainly don't have all the answers. We are trying to tell a story in our community that it's possible and that it's possible to do that together. And so all I've been doing is honestly telling a story in the community of what could be. And I think if the whole purpose was just, you know, let's train a bunch of leaders and, and make some money, then it would turn out to be kind of kind of corporate. We have a huge blessing here of we don't need to make money, right? We, we work for a, a philanthropist who writes the bill for all of this, which I think is very important to our story because it gives us a pure intent. If, we had, if, if I had to think about making money, it would be way easier to follow the trend. Sure. So in that way, I'm an unfair example. And groundwork's an unfair example for a lot of people because we don't we don't have to worry about how we're gonna make a profit this next month. We have to worry about staying aligned with our benefactor and stay and 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 making sure that we're meeting the needs of people in our community, which bring out a whole other set of challenges. But one that we don't have to worry about is is you know well this group or this person's doing this, so maybe we should try that. So we because they're making they seem like they're making good money or they're successful, so. I'm kind of an unfair example in that way, or we're an unfair example. But to be honest, I, I think that if even that was the case, I would still be kind of relentlessly um, trying to do what I believe is, is the right thing. I mean, it's why I got into this sort of work. It's why I'm passionate about it. I really believe that that change is not only possible, but it's needed in our in our world. At, at a, and when I say transformational level, as a transcendent in a kind of a, a, a monumental way. I think that that change is, is just, it's needed, man, you know, and everything that we do from curriculum to how we organize our, our, our programs, our cohort is going after that, that thing. So it's much like what you said, you have something that you deeply care about and that's what you're trying to put out into the world. And those that care about it are going to follow same thing here. I mean, we say we say to people on day one meeting them, if you don't care about what we care about, the idea of transformation in our community, then this isn't for you. Yeah, we haven't had anybody that's been like, yeah, I hate that, but but we tell them at the beginning, like this is what we're all about, and if you don't want to be a part of that that story and 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 you don't f- think that that's important, then this might this might be a hard experience for you. Um, but you're man, you're absolutely right. It's it's. It's a hard, it's a hard thing to even stay convinced of these things myself sometimes. Um, but, uh, you know, you have, you, you, you have to, you have to stick with, with what you, what you believe, man. I agree. Just like your, what's gotten you into what you're doing, you know, and your lofty goals that you have, you have to stick to those things. So. Um, man, we've, we've touched on a lot of things, uh, today. It's been a good, good episode. I hope that our listeners have been able to follow and I've talked too much, man. Like I'm looking at the, the little sound waves of our, 
of the whole session, and I have way more than you. Do that you? Means I've been talking a lot more. I feel like this is the most I've talked in a long time. Yeah, to my credit, guys, Cam Brown doesn't talk a lot, so you're forcing it out of me. <laughs> I tried. I tried my best. <laughs> Uh, but I think, you know, him being on the show is going to instantly give us what? 20 K 20 K downloads. We'll push for a thousand. <laughs> Anything more than that is, is gravy. Not that we do this. It's for not the, about the numbers. Chris. Yeah, not, it's that about I, not that I do this the for the numbers at all. Seriously. Like I appreciate anybody who's listening, but we didn't start this to get thousands and thousands of, uh, downloads and followers. Um, but just for fun. If our if this episode's like breaks the books on how many I think our most down be a regular co host. <laughs> <laughs> well pushing it, dude. You're pushing it. No. Um I think our most downloaded episode, like in bulk, is like six hundred or something, which isn't a lot, right? Overall we have like seven, eight thousand downloads from all of our episodes, which, you know, to me that's that's a lot. To other podcasters out there, they're like, oh, dude, that's like like half of an episode for me great all right uh we're small kind over here but dude you break that you break a thousand we'll go to we'll go get you a grilled cheese sandwich how about that cam loves grilled cheese we just did a fist bump all right we just did a fist bump for all of you though oh and also i'd like to add cam and i are wearing the same shirt today a dickies standard black t-shirt with the front pocket that says something about us. It does. I walked into the room today, and I saw he's wearing a shirt. I pointed back to mine, and we kind of had a moment. So, yeah, just trying to be like you, Cam. Trying to be like you, Chris. Yeah. Tonight I might go home and make a post on the gram. I won't. But uh, anyways, my friend, this has been fun. Uh, we Again, I'll, I like to always talk to the listeners here at the end. We've touched on a lot of things, building community. So it doesn't matter if you're social media, you're, you're, you know, in your place of work. Uh, it doesn't matter where you find yourself. You're in a community, and building community is crucial um, for the things that we talk about on this podcast: change, transformation, things of that nature. It can't happen without building community because transformation doesn't ever happen alone. It requires multiple things multiple people it happens in 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 collaboration so the idea of building community is so important hopefully you've learned some things there the idea of leadership and having followers I, again i love that literal comparison to the terms that they use in social media followers and influencers but in leadership leadership doesn't exist without followers so if you're if you're in a leadership position you need to really be thinking about who's following you and why are they following you is it because they have to or because they want to, because they like the story that you're telling. They believe in what you have to offer. So I'd like you to think about that. Do people believe in what you what you um, are saying and what you believe in and what you're trying to do? Um, because that's what creates uh, influence and, and follow followers. I'm putting up my finger quotations. So Cam, any last words, my friend? I, I have nothing left. Come on, you got to have one. What's your power statement? What's your mic drop? Just be you, be true. Be you, be true. There we go. All right. <laughs> All right. Write that one down. That's a good one. <laughs> be you, be true. Cam Brown. All right, man. Thanks for being on the show. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. This is when you say thanks. It's great. Great being thanks. on. Thanks. It's great. Awesome. Can't wait to be back. All right. <laughs> Round two. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Be safe. Till next time.